You're listening to The Wedding Whisperer with Sarah Burton of Simply Love Studio in Lexington, Kentucky. Today's vendor that I'm going to be chatting with is Wes Brown with Wes Brown Photography. And I have actually probably known Wes longer than any other vendor that I have that I work with now. Um, so hopefully you learn a lot from us. Uh, I think we'll be able to bounce a lot of stuff back and forth from each other. As we used to do weddings together, whenever I did full service wedding planning in the Somerset area, he was always my go-to photographer. And then, of course, he does uh, the Somerset, the Lexington area, Bowling Green. Wherever there's a wedding, Wes will go. So, Wes, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It is amazing to be here. We've had a few photographers on the podcast previously, and we talked about a variety of things. And when I talked to you about what you wanted to talk about today, you mentioned how long the couple should hire the photographer for. Yes. It is a very common, I don't want to say issue, because we can handle things a lot of different ways. I do think people overlook how much time they need photographers for, because for a lot of people, it is their first time going through the process and, and getting married or dealing with wedding timelines, and they think, well, eight hours, that's more than enough time. I will tell you, our lowest package starts with eight hours. It's not the most booked because most people go with a larger package or add time to the base because eight hours is not a lot of time. If you are everyone getting ready on site, I'm trying to think of a good example of a location, like a Griffin Gate or something where you're doing prep on site, everyone's staying there, you're doing ceremony reception, no one leaves, it's closer to being doable, but things get out of hand really fast. People lose time a lot of ways. And like, I, I always tell couples, like, I'm never going to walk out in the middle of your, your um, first dance, but sorry guys, time's up. But as a photographer, you have to be mindful of the time because that's, you're selling your talent and your ability and your experience and all those things. But also the time is a big factor of what you're doing. So I, I talk to a lot of couples and I think it comes down to showing them timelines early, letting them be realistic. And I always tell my couples when they book, like even when they book the, the eight-hour package, which I'll do that all day. That you, you set the lowest package where if it's the only one that you sell, you're happy. But I tell them, look, if you need that time later, I've had a, a bride add two hours of time while we're on the dance floor at the reception because things just go on and on and on. We had a couple, I think it was my last, yeah, it was my last wedding. They didn't want to do a first look. And she was like, so the ceremony's at 5.30. We started doing the timeline. I've got a spreadsheet. Put everything in. And I, I was like, listen, if you don't do a first look, which is perfectly fine, that's your choice. We will have roughly 45 minutes of sunlight after your ceremony's over to do all the family, any group stuff with the bridal party, all your portraits. And the light's going to be fading. And if it's super cloudy, which it turned out to be that day, we have less light because sunset may be at a set time, but if the light's not coming through uh, thick clouds, it's darker earlier. After we put it all together, they immediately went to a first look. We got everything done before the ceremony started. Everything was magical and it all worked. But people need to see those timelines early. My couples, I try to get them a demo timeline. I've got a spreadsheet that just, I plug in the time of the ceremony. I plug in the amount of hours they have booked and it feeds me back a rough timeline that we tweak and change, but it's like, here's your jump off point. Let's look at this see how you feel. What do we need to tweak? And when you have initially booked the photographer, you can always book the lowest package For to sure. start with. And then as it does get closer to the wedding day and you know exactly what your day is going to look like, if you need to add hours, if you need to 
go up to the next package, you can absolutely do that. Yeah, I would be shocked if there's a photographer not doing that now. Um, my only thing I tell them is, look, if you want me to get there earlier, try to let me know a day or two in advance if you can. Adding time on the back end, though, anytime. Like I said, literally on the dance floor at a wedding. She was like, can I have two hours? Like, yeah, I'll send you the bill when you get back from your honeymoon. What is your ideal amount of hours for the wedding day? It depends. I would love to always have 10. Uh, it's, I think nine is very accomplished or doable. You can get everything done you need to get done, but you're still tight. Uh, what I hate is whenever we get into a reception and you talk to the planner, if there is one. Um, Could you say that a little? Louder? There should always be a day of coordinator. It makes everyone's life easier. If I don't like to go in and say, hey, we just got in the reception. We've got an hour left. We need to get first dances, cakes, toast, toss. Let's do it all. Because I don't want to rush. I want it to, to take time. Now, on the back end of it, and I know we, we're going to talk about exits and things later, too. We don't need to be at the reception all night. It's There's a point where, especially if there's drinking, there's a point where the images all start to blur together and then start to be photos you don't want to show people. So there comes a time where we're done. If you if you have a great DJ, they can get you everything you need in the first, I don't know, four or five songs usually outside of the dances, first dances and things. And then after that, it's just fun. And that's, we tend to overshoot it. So you have stuff because they're your friends, you know them, they, you enjoy it. But I think 10's a good sweet spot. Now I've had, I've had a 12, I had a 15. That was my Hindu wedding and that, there was a lot more things involved in that. Generally, I think I think ten's a good sweet spot. That's what the package we booked the most. I think we booked that more because it has the album in it, so they get a better deal there too. But ten hours is just a good middle ground. Okay, so before we dive into like a day of a timeline and how we spend that time, let's just talk about a couple of key points. Travel time. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned if you're all at one venue, that's great. Absolutely. But oftentimes. The couple will get ready, maybe even at different places. Yep. Um, so you have photographers broken up and then you will have a ceremony at a church, perhaps. And so then you have travel time from where the couple's getting ready to the church. And then you may go to Gratz Park or the Henry Clay Estate and do photos. You have travel time there. And then you have travel time to the reception. And not only do you have the travel time, you have the time loading up that entire bridal party every single time that you move. Yes, and the dress. You have to move the dress, uh, which requires a, a whole different just set of eyes to be like, is there mud? Is there anything happening? Yeah, having things different places, and people will time it out and think like, yeah, it takes me about 10 minutes. Well, does it take you 10 minutes? Does it take you 13? Because those are different numbers, and when I'm looking at timelines, People steal minutes from me here and there, and it adds up and it all falls on me. My my joke I always say is I've never heard a makeup artist say, let's just cut two hours out of this and give it to the photographer. He needs it. They always steal my time, so I'm always looking for it. Uh, travel will always take longer than you need to. Uh, and then that's not even including horror stories where we sit there and go, hey, no one uh, took for granted that UK had a home football game today, and we're trying to get to... Um, Central Christian or something like those are things that matter and you have to think about traveling the dress is a lot harder than traveling in Lululemons like it takes longer to get places you have to be more careful and people are drinking during the day people are not responsive it's uh, I, a lot of times if we're behind it's groomsmen that always get us behind because we forgot uh, a tie at the hotel we forgot this we you know little things they disappear for 10 minutes uh, and it adds up. And all that extra travel 
it's just more that can go wrong. So you have to pad it. And so we don't, you'd said uh, earlier, I'll shoot a wedding on the moon. I would love it. Wherever you want to go, I'll go. Um, if it's, you know, Somerset, Lexington, Louisville, I generally don't charge travel for anything like that because we're, I mean, it's a, an event I'm taken care of. But once we get there, clock's running. So if we're spending two hours broken up to drive to 16 different places during the day, yeah, you're eating that. So you have to plan for it and have to keep on time. We lose more time with people. We just, it's, it's rarely a situation where it's so-and-so's an hour late. That usually doesn't happen. But when you think about how tight you're having to time things, if you have 40 minutes for bridal party A and 40 minutes for B, and right when you're getting ready to do A, a bridesmaid's like, I need to run the restroom. We all, yes, you have to. That's cool. But if that takes five minutes out of the photo time, well, we've lost it. And it or we're going to lose it on the next one. That's why I tend to, I try to pad my timeline as much as I can to where it's just, yeah, I said I need this much time, but I didn't really. I just knew what was going to happen. And talking about bridal parties, is there a size of a bridal party that you have found that is just ideal or what do you like when it comes to bridal parties? I had, a, I had a wedding once where the only people there was a bridegroom and the officiant, and I signed the as the witness, and I, my signature signed as the other. That was ideal because I didn't have to deal with a lot of people getting us off track. Easy timeline. I don't know if there's an ideal. I know I will say little things like having an even number of people on your side. So if you're, let's say, a bride, if you have four friends, that's great because when we do poses, you can be centered. That makes my life easier, but I, don't, I can't tell you who to be friends with. If they're going to be in the wedding, they're going to be in the wedding. We just had one where there was legitimately 24 in the party plus the two grooms. That's big. It's that's a, lot. a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Now, in their defense, they all followed instructions. They mind it. That's what I If you mind, we'll get you done. Uh, we brought people in, we knocked them out, we stuck to the timeline pretty well. We didn't lose a lot. We didn't travel a lot either. Everything was done kind of in one location. And then we went to the venue and that was it. And the venue was close, but I was, that was my big pain point all the day leading up the day before that day was just, we're going to lose so much time because if everyone takes a few more seconds or a minute extra each, or they had been drinking, if they had been drinking a lot and got out of hand to where they didn't listen or they stumbled off. Like it just adds up so fast. When you have a videographer also working beside you, mm -hmm. do you recommend that they do the same time frame that you do as far as when you arrive together? Uh, because I know that a lot of times you have to do pictures and then they'll come in behind you mm -hmm. for their shot. But what about like during the day? If I have been able to speak to them, I try to make sure we're on the same page uh, as far as timeline. And I make adjustments. I know like when I got in... There were all of these horror stories of photographers and videographers feuding. And I was like, I don't understand what we're doing here. Like, we're all on team deliver the best wedding. So, and and I do video work, not for weddings so much, but just in general. So I have an understanding of what they're doing. And I think that helps a little because I know there are situations a lot of times where I don't want to say their shot is more important because we're both getting the same thing, but I can make mine work. I just need a two hundredth of a second and mine's good they're doing a move where it needs to look a certain way. And so me cutting them off is not going to help them. And it doesn't really benefit me. So first thing, when I see a videographer, I walk in and I'm like, Hey, I introduce myself. This is what I'm planning. If they've not seen the time, I'm like, here's what we're working with. And my goal is, and this is 
pretty much gone this way ever since is we'll set people up for portraits or first looks or group shots. And then as soon as I've got what I need, usually I'll step back and ask my second if there's something they need. And if they say, cool, I'll say, hey, you all go and let them do it and they'll do whatever they want. And I always tell them, I tell my seconds, I tell anybody this, like, yes, I'm an artist and I love photography and all these things. But if someone sees something that's going to look cool, point it out. I don't need, I don't have that ego. So if a videographer says like, hey, I was thinking about doing this, rock and roll, let's go. I'll go, I'll shoot it after you're done. Um, so we always try to work together and make that work. I think if they're shooting the same thing, it goes easier. And a lot of times these days, it seems, at least the past few years, a lot of video people are literally just shooting while we're doing portraits. Like they're walking up and getting shots right beside us. They're they're pulling things and going, and then they may get one other setup. But it's really gone fairly smooth the last several several we've had. Awesome. Well, let's start with a timeline okay, and kind of walk through how that should go during the day. So I grabbed, you mentioned doing the timeline. So before I left the house, I uh, I threw in just in my spreadsheet real quick. I put a 10-hour day um, with a 5.30 ceremony, it looks like. Yeah. So, and this is, I would default send this to a couple and have a long detailed list of saying, hey, this is not set in stone. Please tell me what we need to change. Where do we need to move stuff? Um, and this is with a first look. I should have done one without too to show you how far off the rails that went. Maybe I can look one up. We can, yeah, we yeah. can come back to that. Uh, so, and because of the spreadsheet, it's all automatic. So this has photographers showing up at 11.55. I would change that to noon and we would round up. And this is, we do things a little differently. I think we'll get into that because I think I operate my second shooters a little differently than some people do. We get there, first thing we want to do is details. We go straight to it. If I can knock out shoes, rings, jewelry, flowers, if they're there, dress, get it all done, it's checked off. I don't have to look back and wonder, do we have it? We try to do that first. And usually we're doing that where, if there's a bride, where the bride is, because we can kind of side shoot early getting ready stuff. Early getting ready stuff, you don't want to get a lot until foundations on things are starting to get a little evened out but you can take some wide shots of everyone hanging out and the details also comes back to um, the bride being prepared and having that all sitting out for you having it labeled if it needs to be labeled or even just all together having the stationery having anything that she wants in her flat lay ready to go for yeah right there if it's all in a box and good to go and let us know extra details like i show up i know i'm going to take a shot of a dress or take a shot of a shoe but if you're and mom gave you something like uh, when you were a kid and she's passed away. I don't know that exists if you don't tell me. So I need to know those stories. Um, but we want to get all of that and really get it done. Now, in a, in a fair amount of situations, flowers don't get there till later in the day. So we'll have to do that kind of on the back end. But that's an easy shot. To and that's around. one of the things, too, that depending on your florist, a lot of times if you need your bouquets earlier, they will bring your bouquets to wherever you're getting ready at. Most of them are happy to accommodate that. You just have to ask them. Yeah. And we, so I will keep, if we have a bride, I will have my second shooter with me helping to, to kind of vary what we're doing. Because in that situation, the girls are the most fun when I'm shooting, they just, they have more fun. So I'm happy to be there and they're having a good time. We can kind of catch a good vibe to start the day off. I will then take us and whoever's first, whichever side is going. Usually if there's a dress to get into, we do that second, just because it takes longer. It's a little more elaborate. But we'll go out and I'll have me and my second shooter go. So we would do, looking at this timeline, 11.55, we're there. 12.40, we'd be in, quote, shooting hair and makeup. Um, some of these really, though, in my mind, they're kind of just chunks of time that I divide on this piece of paper. But I know that things are going to move. So I stick with it. We would do bridal party A at 140. 
And generally me and the second hole both go shoot because I'll shoot the, I don't want to come boring, but you know, the shot that's in your head, I'm shooting the important ones. I'm shooting those things. And my second shooter is shooting candids while I'm taking a photo of the groomsman trying to look cool. He's shooting a shot of them from the side of them, making fun of the groom and laughing and having a good time. So we kind of offset those and then we'll both go back and flip and do the other party. So we would do 140 for one. I try to, I would love to hold an hour, but I'll usually say about 40 minutes. In reality, I probably need 30. But again, I'm probably one set of bridal party. One side. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing. Like if it's like, let's say it's traditional wedding, the guys are going to get done way faster. They don't, if they listen, they don't want to do all this. I try to get a cool shot that I can show them to be like, Hey, we're also doing, you know, album covers. You're going to have something you can put on, on Instagram and be happy with. But generally they're done pretty fast. And then I will allot that time to make up where hair makeup's behind or it's taking longer to get in the dress and it'll help me make up there. Then I'll do another 40 minutes, say at 220 with the other side. That puts us at three. We're doing a first look. I always allot 15 minutes for that. It's a crapshoot. I've had first looks where it takes five minutes and that's the walk to get there. Like they will walk up, see each other, smile, and they looking like, what's next? I've had them where 20 minutes in, they're still crying and talking. And I have to be like, look, I told you I'd give you all the time you wanted, but we really do have to kind of get started. So I always pad 15 and we'll make up if we need to, because it's your day. I We have always looked at first looks as, because I this happened very early on where like, I don't want to say it was ruined, but a ton of family came, like made it a whole, it made it about them instead of the couple. So generally I try to steal the couple away and it's just their moment and it's just them. And while we're shooting, it's backing away. It's letting them have the moment and talk. And it's such, I look, do a first look. If you were listening to this and saying you're not, you got to do it. I'm just, if you go, I can show you photos of grooms bawling. And I mean, looking a hot mess at the front of the ceremony. And we had just done a first look an hour before. It's not about that. Like, it's not what you think it is. It, it makes your day easier. But, uh, in general, it's, if done right, it's this moment you share where it's just the two of you. It's the only time during the day that's just the two of you that you get to own. And it's kind of this moment where you go from, I don't want to say one verse one, but like you're on a team. Like from that moment, you're like, oh, we're to- we can take on any of this. We're together now. And it just, I don't know. I think it makes everything easier. I think the couples are more relieved. I think they're in better moods. I think, I think they get better pictures. For sure. Oh, for sure. You get better pictures because there's time. You can do everything. Do you typically see when they don't want to do a first look that it's the groom? Yes. Yeah. It's the groom. And But here, let's be honest. It's really the family of the groom a lot of times. Really? So here's the thing about first looks. Like, look, we can do the whole thing. It is not as romantic as we make it out. It is, it, if you go back, and we're not going to get into it, but if you go back and research why the first look or the veil is a thing, no. It's not romantic at all. But we, you know, at my age, my parents, my grandparents, it was when it was made a thing. It's kind of like the, um, I know it's a common, like, Valentine's Day is just a Hallmark holiday, maybe, but as society has changed it to be what it is over time. So it's kind of like we've all taken ownership of it. Same thing. We've changed that meaning, but there's no luck involved in this. Like if you need luck to get through your wedding, we probably need to talk about other stuff too. So it really comes down to a thing where a lot of times I see that it's, it's the groom or, and, or, uh, parents are like, well, no, you can't do that. I mean, even when we did the first look and we were doing 
For his last wedding, we're doing all the family photos before, which makes everyone's life easier. People were li- like, you could hear grandparents like, I can't believe he saw her before. I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, come on now, everybody. You gotta, you gotta let go. We, we're trying to get this done and make things easier. So if we did uh, first look at three. Can, can we talk about another first we look? We sure can. So first look with dad. Yes. When are we going to do that? And how long are we allotting for that? So if we're going to do a first look with dad, which if we can, I'm all for. I have a daughter getting married next year and I am demanding a first look with her because I'm going to weep. Um, if I survive it, the rest of the day will be good. But I got to get through that. I think it's a beautiful moment. I will tend to. It depends. Like we can like the spreadsheet's great, but everything has changed a little bit. Ideally, I'll do it right before the first look with the, like a groom or whoever's coming out because it's it's easier to logistically make work. Um, and they're in their address. They're available. There's things happening. Uh, so, yeah, I'll try to stack them up if I can. But I will like we did um, two or three ways ago. We had a, a first look with that and we did it. And then we were like, hey, man, you got to go inside. We're getting ready to do the southern. It's them. So I was trying to keep everyone still separated and have their moments. And it went, it went well. But I, yeah, if you can do it, and speak, I look, I want dads to cry. I want everybody to cry. If everybody's crying, my life's easy. The, the day's easy from that point. All right. So we've got both first looks. And then after that. We go. So I had first look at three. If if I was doing two like that, I would probably a lot 20 minutes and just try to push on one of them a little bit if I needed to. Uh, we were going to portraits immediately at 315. I lot about 45 minutes. And that's bride and groom portraits. Bride and groom together. It's wedding photography. It is triage from the moment you wake up throughout the whole day. The amount of time I need to do portraits is the exact amount of time we have. If you give me four hours, we can do four hours of portraits. You give me 14 minutes, we'll figure it out. But ideally, if I have 45 minutes with good light, we'll make it work and get more than enough. And then we'll have the conversation like, here's what we've got. How do you feel? Um, Do you want to do sunset? Like some people want to talk about sunset early. Other people it's like, no, don't really. And then you bring them like, do you want to do it? And then a lot of people blow it off because they're in the middle of party and having a good time. They don't want to go back outside. On the day of, when does the groom or grooms typically, when are they typically over photos? Like how far do they make it until they're just done with it? It's, it varies. I will say, I think I have, I think I've been very lucky. I've been doing this a long time. And I don't know if I have to this day had a bridezilla yet. I've had some people that are tough. I have people that know exactly what they want. And a lot of times I've had really good luck with guys doing well, at least knowing, like, even if they're not into it, knowing, like, this is part of the deal. I signed up for it. So I've been really lucky with that. Um, groomsmen, they're done before they get there. A lot, I would say over 50% of the time. They have no intent. And I think there's a few reasons for that. One, they don't care about doing photos. They're just there to support their friend. But two, I think they've been with people that don't know what they're doing or don't manage time. And because of it, they're against it. It's one of the things I try to do in an engagement session is I try to show, hey, look, we can talk football. We can have fun. We, I'm not going to make you stand here all day for no reason. I want to keep you involved and engaged. And then it becomes I've got someone on my side already like, oh, man, he's real good. He's going to be fine. We'll get this done. Uh, and I'll tell them right up front, listen, if you'll do what I'm asking, I'll get you done in 20 minutes. You'll be inside. Uh, and thankfully, like if it's a super hot day, I'm miserable because I'm out there the whole time. But they're like, if we listen, we're rocking the air conditioner and there's a cooler in there. And then we get them and they, they move. They just got to work with them. So I will say you're you are lucky on that because I oh, yeah. there's a good amount of photographers that have talked about how when their groom is just over it. So yeah. I was just 
curious if you had experienced that. I really, I'm trying to think back through like, like the, the Rolodex of weddings. And I can't think of any where like they were really just out on it. Now, they, again, they didn't love it. It wasn't, they were, they didn't want to spend the day just doing that. It may they be were, because that's, you were getting things done and nobody be. was just standing around waiting. It may be. I take a lot of pride in that part of it. It's, I think you can look online and start looking for photographers and see like a lot of people do great images. I can take some cameras and set them on automatic and in a perfectly lit day, you can come back with something. It's, how you manage people, how you manage the day, how you trust them, because it's a stressful day. I've had some train wrecks of weddings where I like I literally I had one where all the flowers were in one of those like tall, like vertical glass door coolers you see at hotels. Someone had unplugged it. All of them died. And I, yeah, like all kinds. Of, so I'm doing portraits with the bride and I can hear the bridesmaid. I thought they were bickering at first. And I was like, hold on one second. I got to get this out of my bag. And my bag was like, I need y'all to calm down because I don't need her stress. Um, and she, uh, they were, they told me what happened. And I was like, we're all going to smile. You all are going to go fix this right now. I was like, if I need to call people, tell me, but you got to go fix it. I don't know. Like, we're not telling. <laughs> so we're doing the portraits with her. And she's like, should I have my bouquet? And I was like, you know, a lot of times we don't even touch that until after the ceremony. And I could, look, I consider myself a very honest person. On a wedding day, if the church is on fire, I'm not telling that bride until she has to know. I'm just, it's stressed as a photograph well. So we kept it from her and with the best. So they called, they told the floor. It wasn't the floor's fault at all. The floor's like, I don't have those. And just started throwing together things. So they put together like all the flowers, got them there. She, walked, she didn't know until we told her at the reception. She was like, everything's just been perfect. I can't believe nothing happened. And I was like, well, and I wasn't going to say it. And the bridesmaid was like, well, let me tell you what happened. I was like, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, I've had like Gino. I love Gino's. Gino's won me over because I walked into, I was in with the, a bride and knocked on the door. And I can't remember his nigger. I think it was Jeremiah. Leaned in and goes, hey, can I see you real quick? I was like, I got to get to show you. He was like, I'm going to need to see you real quick. And I was like, okay. And I go outside. He's like, come on down here. He's like, what happened? He's like, come on down here. I go down to where the guys are getting ready. And open the door, and there's a groom. He has the pants kind of up to his knees and can't, like, I think all the measurements were right and they fit, but they were like a skinny jean type of pant situation, and he was not that kind of guy. And I was like, did you not try something? I tried a jacket on. I was like, you've got to try it all. you got to try everything on. And he was like, well, I did. I was like, yeah, we don't have a time machine. So I called you that day. And then, and you were like, call Gino's. I'm going to call. I was like, yes, call. Let's call everyone. Let's just call anyone named Gino. I don't care. Uh, and we called and next thing I know, I, I'm scrambling. Like that was one of those days you start resetting time on a meeting cause we're supposed to be doing the guys and they can't, I can't do it without the groom. So there we were like, can we switch pants? Can he wear anyone else's? What can we do? Guy from Geno's pulls up in a van. He's got the pants while we're standing out. This is, I'll never forget it. There's a little kid and he is ring bearer already dressed in his stuff. And he's just sitting there. He's eating something. And while he's eating, the guy's coming with the pants. Like, I got him. He's like, thank you. This kid spills it all down the vest. And it's just like this gooey red something. It wasn't like, it looked like pizza sauce or marinara, but it wasn't. And it just all down. And the guy just looks at me with this face of defeat. And he goes, I'll be right back. I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> Went back in. We just kept shooting. I, you can't do it for this long and not have those kind of stories. They're like, one day I'll write a book. And Ironically, I talked with Carrie about that on her yes. episode. I was like, I don't remember what the situations were, but I was like, I know there was wedding. I feel like there was a third thing. There was So uh, um, a groomsman kept fiddling with his vest and pulled a button off. We got that fixed too. Like, 
but they crushed it. And I had some, they're like, well, the pants didn't fit. I was like, no, no, the pants fit. They didn't, he didn't test the fit. That's on him. And I was like, two, it was like, I feel like it was a football day. There was a lot of traffic and we were on, we were like on the far side of Lexington. Like they had to come all the way across New Circle back and forth. And I was just like, they didn't, didn't complain, handle it immediately. And I was like, I was all, like I'm ride or die with them from now on. Those are my people. I don't know how we got there. <laughs> I don't either, but it's, it's a good moment. Oh, we were talking timelines and okay. things getting off. So yes, first look and then Porter's with a couple. Um, 3.15, 45 minutes. That gets us done at four. Here's a big one. And this is, we're going to talk about this a little bit. Four to 4.30, I have set aside in this timeline for family photos. Now, having family photos before the session, before the actual ceremony is great for a lot of reasons. One of which is we have a hard out. Like they know the wedding is going to happen. It's why they came. So they're not going to kill time. What I will tell you is every person, especially if we do them after, every person, wants to tell you how happy they are for you, how proud they are of you. Thank you for being invited. Like all of these things happen. And that doesn't sound like much. And it sounds great because you want to be complimented. That's wonderful. But if you add 15 seconds onto 40 setups, that adds up so quickly. I try early. I tell um, couples, set up a spreadsheet and start ranking people how important it is you have their photo. It sounds horrible, but start doing a list of these are the photos we need specifically. Once you start seeing them, I say, I tell people, put two minutes for every one of them. Now, that's probably not realistic, but it's not out of hand if they're talkers. So you start to see that number and you realize, oh, wow, we're going to have an hour of photos. Uh, and it's just a lot. And then you start to find that line of, well, do I need cousin Tommy in this photo? Maybe not. We can grab a quick one at the reception. That's not a big deal. So you kind of can start to assess that plus. You can uh, you can print it off. You can give me a copy. You can have a copy. You can go over it. I always tell people, I, I always said, just give me a bossy bridesmaid and I can take over. Because if I have someone that isn't necessarily in the family but knows these people, they don't have to listen to me. But if you've got someone saying, I need Janice, Tom, and Jimmy over here right now, I can shoot group B while they're organizing group C, and we can get them done like an assembly line. They're the least fun for a photographer. It's just, it's not a romantic beautiful shot it's a roll call of sorts that just has to be done um, but those are the photos that yeah. when something happens you're the first person they call sure. because they need them mm -hmm. yeah um so one thing i do want to ask you about when a couple tells me that they are not going to do a first look but they're going to go ahead and do all of their bridesmaids photos beforehand and their groomsmen photos beforehand and their family pictures beforehand and i'm like but you, you can't not. really do your family photos without both of you there. That's right. not saving you any time. It's literally doing double it's the work. It's time because if, now look, you're going to do like, let's say like a groom with his parents. You're going to do that, but you're also going to do one of the couple. Those are way easier if you just say, will you step out real quick? Let's get this one. Those are just faster that way. So you're not doing them ahead of time. Um, and we're, I don't think I mentioned it, but usually somewhere around the first look or the portrait, we will do the big group with um, the whole bridal party just to have it. Um, and we will also usually do one at the family portraits as well. But yeah, you're not doing all that. You can do like a bride. Yes, you're going to get all this stuff with your bridesmaids, but like we still have to do so much more. Like we're, where we're talking on this timeline right now, when family photos are done, I try, I call it tucking them away. I try to tuck them away with an hour 
45 minutes used to be, but now travel hour because in Kentucky, people just start showing up weddings early. So we just talked about that on um, how to be a good wedding guest mm-hmm. and not showing up too early. Wow. What is your ideal time frame for a guest to show up? I would love if they like, I don't know, like 30 minutes is a hard one. Yep, like you same. should not be there before 30. Yes. It's, I would love it if you somehow made it from the parking lot and stepped in with five minutes to go and sat down. <laughs> but like to me, a thir- with traffic and things, 30 minutes is acceptable. Yeah. Anything over that, what are you doing? And do not, I repeat, do not show up and say, I just want to see the bride real quick. I t- no, no, no. Don't do people do it all the time. And I'm just like, what are what's happening? Never in my life have I thought, I'm gonna go to a wedding and talk to somebody in the middle of getting ready to do it. Like I wouldn't go to a play and walk up and be like, Can I talk to the star real quick? I know him. Second grade. We haven't talked in a while. Let's do that. What do we do? It's so I mm, yes. I'm yeah. glad you all have talked about it. I didn't know that. That's yeah. It's it seems like People started 30, 45 minutes was about the ballpark when I started. And now they're there an hour early. Yep. And that's cutting into picture time yeah. at this point. Yeah, because I have I have most occasions I have a bride in a dress who does not want to be seen by people. We've already let like family and the, all that. The, the crowd seeing is going to be her big moment. And you're just walking in and looking like, what are you what are you doing? What did you not have anything else to do? Like. Get Marvel Snap and play video games in your car. I don't know. Sit there. Don't show up early. Do not. I want to go back and cut this clip to add it um, to my podcast. Oh, yes. It. <laughs> it's I, We're all so passionate about because that. Because it doesn't make sense. I don't. I look So I'll, everything's a sports analogy generally with me. Like I look at weddings as this. Like it's the Super Bowl. You have two different groups that have worked hard for a long time to get to this pinnacle moment. And sometimes Beyonce performs and shuts the power down for 45 minutes. So you got to be ready for anything. We're worried about that. I don't need to worry about dumb things like people showing up. Don't. That's the equivalent when you show up an hour early. That's the equivalent of being the weirdo that jumps on the field naked and runs across at a football game. It's not about you. Don't let it be like, ah. Okay. So we're putting the bride and groom away uh, 45 to 45 minutes. I'll always put it down at 45. And I will tell a bride, too, because generally, while I'm going to say something about being done for the day here in a second, uh, once these family photos are done, but a lot of times there may be like a grandparent who didn't need to be there early in the heat. Absolutely. Things like that. So it's like, yeah, we'll get all the family stuff done. But if there's that, I'm grandma's boy. We will shut down everything in the world to make that photo happen. So that's not a problem. Um, But because we've had that conversation... I will tell a bride in particular that if randos start showing up early and you feel uncomfortable and you don't want to be seen, walk away. I will take care of figuring everything else out. I'll start scratching out things on this timeline. I'll make it work. You just walk away. So we try to give that kind of control. But if not, I'm trying to get the couple tucked away, say, 430 for a 530 ceremony. If we've done first look and we've knocked out all those pieces, we've checked that box. At this point, I feel like I'm done for the day because we have an hour of, I don't want to call it free time, but like we don't have anything in particular. At this point, if we are at the venue where the reception will be, we're going to do detailed shots of that. This is like that first time we really had a chance to go to the restroom to eat like some peanut butter crackers and drink a Powerade. Like we get a few minutes to do that, but we're also getting some of those shots, making up for things we didn't have. But then we're going to the ceremony. To me, the ceremony, again, more football references. Ray Lewis used to always say, you know, you pay me to practice during the week. I play the game for free. It has the same vibe. Like, I love shooting a ceremony. It's 
I get to walk. Everyone has to be quiet and sit still. I get to walk around and do whatever I want. Yeah, I, I like to do that. And it's fun because there's no posing. There's none of that. We're shooting. It's a, it's a thing that's happening. We're documenting. And that's at my core. Do I want to shoot a portrait that ends up on a magazine cover? Of course. But I'm more worried about story than anything. I'd rather capture the story than any of that else. Um, and the ceremony is a story. So that's easy time. And when you can look at a couple that comes down the aisle, and usually I tend to do this when a couple comes down, they've just, they've just, you know, they get introduced, they're walking back. I'll congratulate them. A lot of times I'm the first person to congratulate them because they're at the end of the aisle and they'll go hide or I'll even say it then. I'll be like, it's time to party because if we've got it all done, it's just going to the reception and having a good time. Now, yeah, we got first dances and all that stuff to deal with, but it's different. All the hard stuff, all the timeline stuff, a lot of that's out the window at that point. We're just going to have a good time and document what happens and the day gets easier. Now, a couple hours in the reception, the feet are really hurting and, you know, I'm ready to go to bed. But other than that, it's a good time. So let's continue through the reception time. Right. right now. Okay. So 530 ceremony. We'll say it's over at six. Um, we're going to say it's all in one venue. So... Bride and groom are probably going to go out with you just to get out of the way, usually. I always tell them to run. Um, we'll usually have a place off to the side, tell them to get to. I'll work with a planner if there's one there or the venue person. Because receiving lines are not commonplace anymore. But for the generation that is older than us, it is. So they want to have it happen. And it's it's a weird, if someone, like if one starts, like even if one person just comes over and congratulates you, shake your hand, the line will form right there and that's where we're doing it. So if we're not doing it, which again, most times we don't, I want to hide them. And then if there's anything we need to make up, we'll do it then. Usually we're done. And I'm just like, breathe, rest. Or they're talking with their friends and their family and we get shots of that. But for the most part, they're done. So we hang out. I will also have the conversation as like a re reaffirmation here of like, do we want to do sunset? Is it still a thing? You know, or I'll say sunsets at X, you know, this time we would need. 10 minutes here are you and then you start to gauge it because some people will say yes but you can tell they're not wanting to and like this isn't about me yes or no you're okay and i was like i'll come tell you and then you can just say no and so we kind of set that up and then we'll do an introduction now on this timeline which again was 10 hour coverage starting uh with a 5 30 ceremony starting at noon that would put us getting out at 10 p.m a lot of times when people look at things and they're like our seven's going till midnight. Again, you probably don't need us there till midnight. It's just, it's a long time, but you need to always make sure there's enough time to get things in, to make sure you get all that stuff early. Something that happened, it's probably been four or five years since it's really taken a hard turn where bridal party gets introduced to the reception and then there's like an hour of eating and them hanging out and there's time to do stuff, which is great for me because I'll go set up lights and all kinds of stuff. But that that wasn't common for a long time. A lot of times it was introduced right into dances, right into toast, right into like it was all super fast. But now that that's stressed out, it's another reason why there needs to be more time in your timeline. But it's also a more comfortable day because you've not eaten a lot at that point. Let them eat because they're not going to hardly eat anyway. So we were going to keep talking to them. Let them have some fun. One thing a couple did. Where were we? I think we were at the center in Somerset. They went and they ate by themselves. Like they that is becoming more common uh, as well. It was it was weird because it was the only time it happened. So I was like, I don't know. I'm supposed to cover this. And we had to kind of reassess what we were doing. And sometimes they'll do that during cocktail hours. Yeah. If, if there's the time, I think it really reset them. They got to really eat as opposed to pick at food while people talk it to them. Um, reset, kind of breathe and be alone together. It was a lot. And I it really put them in a good place. I think more people should definitely do it. 
let's talk about bridal party introductions. I am seeing those kind of fade away a little bit. Yep. I think with um, there's a very distinct um, age demographic that is still doing them, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. Where are you at on seeing those? It, for the most part, we still do them. I know they're being phased out overall. It's one of those things where I think in, well, I mean, we're in Kentucky and things tend to be a little far behind trend. So it takes a little longer. I would be shocked if it is happening near as much in other places. Uh, but I'm still getting it a fair amount. And I'm, but you, what you're seeing now, and I think why they will fade away is the bridal party's going in. They're going in, they're getting drinks, they're getting appetizers, they're hanging out while the party, while the, the couple's hitting away. And then they come back out to get reorganized. The people are seeing them. What's the point? Uh, I think just, just introduce the couple and let's get on with it would be a smarter move. Your couple, um, your grooms that had 24 in their bridal party, did they do a bridal party introduction? They sure did. Okay. They sure did. It was a lot. And they didn't, this, no one ever gets the, um, the introduction right. Uh, because like, so Jason was the DJ, you know, it was immaculate. He did exactly what was written on the page. He provided me with all the details that I needed. He went over it with them. We did the whole thing. The people didn't do what they were told or any of that. (laughs) They were supposed to come in and walk a certain direction, go around and stand in a certain place. Me and the second are all set up for that. Like we're all like, everything's exactly where it needs to be. Jason looks at me. Like I always tell horror stories of like, I've had DJs where, I'm like, hey, make sure you don't do anything unless you tell me. And they say, okay. And then I've been in the bathroom while the first dance is started. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm just running out with a camera. Uh, Jason always looks at me. He's like, you good? I'm like, I'm good. He's like, he comes and reassesses. He's like, they're going to come and go here. They're going to stand. I'm like, thanks, man. I appreciate this very much. They just came in and went their way. And it's difficult because... Generally, where people are walking in is not an attractive part of the venue. So the photos aren't great. There's exit signs everywhere. I hate exit signs so much. I trash cans more than anything, but exit signs, come on. Someone develop a good-looking exit sign for me. Or holograms. I don't know. Yeah, like they come in and you get the shot. No one really has a, quote, plan of what they're going to do, even though they have a little skit they're getting ready to to pop off. And it's never at the place I needed to be. Because if you talk to me, I'm going to say, do your thing right here at this point, and it'll be perfect. It's it's kind of like when you tell when they're coming down the aisle, you're like, listen, wait a little longer than you think you need to, and then next thing you know, they're almost on top of each other, and you can barely get shots of them coming down the aisle. Um, but it's the same thing. They they go where they want to do what they want. So yeah, I'm I'm ready for those to go away. I, the other thing, we've not had a ton of um, garters. At oh all. no, not a, that that's completely gone. Yeah, it's it's I may have had like one or two. It's in, in like the past three years. <clears throat> bouquet's still pretty, you know, common, but I would I, say fifty fifty yeah. on bouquets here. I'm I'm I would say I'm closer to seventy. Um but yeah, garters are, are almost all the way gone, which is amazing. Let's let's do that too. So we've got through all the dances mm-hmm. and that's one of the things on the timeline. We put just kind of an estimated time. It just kind of flows. My timeline generally just covers up to as far as what I'm planning, just covers two reception because even if they don't have like a day of, there's usually someone kind of in charge of when food's coming out or there's a DJ or something like that. Uh, and that way I'll, I'll just kind of leave it up to them and say, what are we doing? Because I I don't, because a lot of times DJs take that over. They're not the planner, but they get treated like one in that situation. So if they're good, I want to give them that shot. And then if it's janky, I'll just be like, hey, what if we move this to here and did that? And I'll always start working with them as to where people need to stand and what they're going to do. 
because get, leaving their own devices, uh, like a best man giving a toast, if he's not told where to go, he's going to find the worst light in the worst place that you could possibly stand ever. So I always want to make sure we guide as much as we can in those situations. So now that we have all of the formalities over and we've opened the dance floor and it is time for sunset, if Google says that sunset is at 748, what time are we going outside for sunset photos? Realistically, about 30 minutes before. Okay, that's kind of what I always thought. It um, it varies because cloud cover can make a difference where you're at. Um, if we're, like I'm thinking, like a like a cave hill or someplace like that that has that super big hill where it sets, it's going to set a little earlier just because it has that angle. Um, if there's a lot of trees, it could block some of that. So you try to get out there because you want, when you're doing sunset, you want to get some of that sun in the shot, not just the beautiful light that you can't get enough of. Um, but you want to be able to have some of that in. I try not to be overly ambitious with my sunset stuff. I try to make it just about the couple. I'll shoot it really tight. It's a lot of just them um, with gorgeous light, a sun in the background if I can get it. I try to like 10 minutes, get them in and out. I'll put them in one spot and I'll work around them and then maybe move them one more time and then get them back inside. I would say that's different from some photographers. Mm. I know some photographers like 20 and 30 minutes for that. For sure. I'm a big fan of sunset photos going on your wall in mm -hmm. a canvas. That's one of my favorite things to yep. see framed. That's what I try to get. And I try to knock that out early. Like, I know what I've got. I, I'm i weird where, like, once I click a shutter, I it's burning my head. I know. And if I look at it, I'm like, I already got the shot. I know which one I'm using. Um, and I'll move on. I mm, I don't want to start. So I, I think some people make it about themselves. They make it about their portfolio. I don't care about my portfolio. I care about my couples. And enjoying the day is just as important as the rest of it. So I want to get the shot, get them done, get them back, have them fun with their family. As we get toward the end of the evening, oftentimes couples will have a sparkler exit yep. or a glow stick exit or whatever type of exit they are wanting to have. Oftentimes when I tell couples that the majority of those pictures they see are like a fake exit, yep. they are stunned by that. And the reason for that is because we want to get that exit in before the photographer leaves sure. and get it in within their time frame. Yeah. I'll let you give your thoughts on that first. Well, so I think people would be shocked at how many documentary style photos are fake during the day. Like a guy getting ready, almost all those shots are faked because they know how to dress themselves. They don't need five people showing them how to put on a cuff link or tie a tie. They probably got ready somewhere else and we've got to like, come up with it at a hotel lobby when they, that they've got to like all that stuff gets faked anyway now there are downsides to faking the the exit but i think the benefits far outweigh the the other you know one you got to have the people there to shoot it so you want to get it while the photographer's still there two it's you do take a break from the party like that's my big thing i don't like about it is there's usually in they're going full tilt however by the time you're going that hard at a at a party, the people that are leaving have already left. So everyone is going to be a part of the exit is going to come back in for the most part, and you're going to get right back to it pretty quick. So that that's one of my worries I always have, but I don't think it's as big of a deal anymore. The beauty of faking it, other than just having it captured at all, is if, if it's real, real, like if they're getting in a car and driving away, we got one shot at it. If you've got a sparkler exit and they listened and didn't buy the... Fourth of July specials that don't work for an exit and they bought the real deal things, we'll run it two, three times and just kind of mash them all up to make one great. Uh, because sparklers are tricky. You can, you like, I know how to shoot them. 
everything, where the drunk guy holds it, like all those things happen. And the first one, I don't know, the first one always goes pretty well and usually it's good enough. But if we can do it again and they don't mind, everyone's excited. You go back and run it again. You can get like a really good, like this is the best spot of light. Stop at this spot and do the kiss, do a dip. It all just works out. Glow sticks are coming more and more. I'm seeing them more. And that's great because those tend to not run out like a sparkler does. And you can do a lot with them. Sparklers are hard to top just because it's fire and it looks cool. Uh, but glow sticks are, are definitely even cooler. I'll tell you, it's not an exit at a reception. One of my favorite weddings was at Cave Hill. I'm trying to remember whose it was. They did a bubble exit from the ceremony. Well, you may have been at that one. It was like a bubble exit as they came back up at the end of the ceremony. And because of where the light falls there, where they do their ceremonies, it was all backlit. Oh, it was gorgeous. I think bubble exits are very underrated. Yeah, I do too. It, because if you get a lot of bubbles going now, I you have to shoot a billion shots because I can promise you there'll be a bubble where you don't need it in the best shot. And you've got to try to compile, like I'll doctor them and make them work because I want a, just a banger of a shot to give them. But yeah, I think they're super underrated. At nighttime, you can't really do it. It's You're not going to see them unless you do a few. I've got tricks. I, I bring out lights to the exit and set them up and that would help but i think it's tough to do to top like a, a good sparkler exit so i am 50 50 on the fake exit right i think a lot of it really comes down to the day of mm. and how far off of your timeline you are yep because sometimes you know dinner may have gotten behind pictures earlier in the evening might have gotten behind and you've just gotten everybody on the dance floor but it's time for your photographer to leave and so at that point, if you still have, if you have 50 to 100 people on the dance floor, you're taking them outside. And then that's when it's hard to get people back. If you've just opened the dance floor. Oh, yeah. You can't do it right when you opened. It's you've got a plan. Like that's a, if let's say in your scenario, dance floor opens and a photographer is leaving. The photographer's hoping to get two or three good songs of open dance floor. Good DJ will get that done. But yeah, you can't pull people off immediately. If you've got these two moments. One, when the cake serves. Once the cake's served, older people start to go away. People that are worried about how long they're going to have a babysitter will start to slip out. That's when you lose your first group. When the dance floor opens and it starts to get really going, that's when you'll lose your next bit because they thought they were ready and then they decided the music's too loud and now they're going home. So then you've got the people that are going to be there forever. You can't do it right when that part starts. You got to get and you got to get an hour into open dance floor before you can do it. I think it, it, you can. Again, you can do anything. That's just what you do. It's a wedding. It may work. But yeah, I think you need a good hour for sure. And a good DJ. You got to someone's good on the mic to keep everybody kind of jazzed back up and having a good time. And I think that's maybe one of those things that you maybe want to have in the back of your mind is when it comes to that time frame and maybe you have gotten a little behind, how important is, is that sparkler exit? Yeah. Do you want to keep people on the dance floor? Or do you want a sparkler exit photos? Yeah, I think a so. lot of things. You got to prioritize, like as a couple, setting priorities for things in the day and how important they are is is good to know. Because if you need to punt something and say we can't, like there's not a time, you need to be able to make a decision on that. Because you will have to make some hard choices. I don't care how good your timeline is. I don't care, again, that's why you get a day of to kind of deflect and handle some of this. Um, you, you can think you know what's going to happen. But he don't. It's it's organized chaos. Even as a planner, yeah. you could plan every single detail, and one person, one situation can throw the entire day. For sure, I saw many horror stories. Not horror stories, but like stuff people came. Like I remember, I was standing. Um, Peyton was shooting weddings with me, my daughter, and she had went in um, to third shoot and was just with the bride. The bride was changing, 
And I was waiting in the hallway because I was like, when you're decent, let me know. I'll come in. And I was waiting for a long time. Like, I was just like, what is going Like, do they remember I'm here? I, they wanted me. And like forever till finally Pink came and got me. She's like, it is not good. And I was like, what is not good? This bride had these ornate, I don't know. It's like, it's like a stitching that has little pieces on it. It makes it all shine. Like it's all over this thing. And apparently while they were getting ready, she pricked her finger and didn't know it. And blood started going and she's waving her finger like, who's bleeding? Somebody's bleeding. And she's the one bleeding and it's getting on the dress. I had shout pins in my bag because I bring an emergency kit and we just start going to town, getting it all clean. But like things like that, we're 30 minutes fixing that problem. And that's a bigger problem than any other problem we got. And I don't remember what we moved, but I know we canceled some stuff that day. Like some stuff was like, that's not important. Go, going to Gratz Park is no longer as important as getting this dress clean before we walk down that aisle. You just got to be ready. You got to. Did the shout pin work? Sure did. Okay. It did. And someone did something, maybe hairspray or something. Chalk. Maybe. Someone did something weird where I remember just going, this is like 10 years ago. I remember going, what? Like, what are we doing? Oh, it's working. Keep doing it. Do more of that. All right, then. Yeah, you got to be ready. So now that we've talked about the wedding day, let's talk about maybe three things that you think is the biggest time waster of photography time on the wedding day. It's a, that's a good question. I, I don't, I can't think of anything where I go and this loses me a half hour. It is literally three minutes here, two minutes there adds up. A lot of it is people making it about themselves and wanting to have conversations that aren't necessary. Like the guest vendors. Yes. Not vendors as much. I, I'm pretty lucky with vendors. It's more like, you know, an aunt that came and we're doing family stuff and they want to sit and have a 10 minute conversation about when they were a little kid, things like that, where it's a beautiful moment. I'm glad you're having it. It's an important story, but you can do it tomorrow or you can do it after a while. I don't like, we got to do this. Um, those things add up a lot. I think groomsmen as a whole are the worst. They tend to drink a lot early in a lot of cases, but they always seem to forget something. Uh, Is there like a reward system or something we can I have for them? I don't know. I will, I will like so this last one. They wanted to do um, entrance photos, like when they do like the pregame shot when football players are walking in the stadium. They wanted that shot like pregame, and I was like, yes, if that makes you happy and you involved, let's do that. And uh, they turned out really good, and they were really excited about it. And then I just sent them as like, and everyone get ready right now. And so it all kind of worked out. Um, I just think, got, like, in particular, when the ladies get ready, they know it takes longer to get, like, they know their time. It's, I know, like, the trope is women are always be getting ready. Like, sure. But they know what they're doing. So they know the timeline. They're having fun. They're involved in the whole process. Guys are idiots. We are. And, like, we get ready quick. We don't need all that time. We're not, it's just not a big deal to them. So it, they tend to, it grows and forgetting stuff has really been the bane of my existence a lot of times. Like they, there's stuff at a hotel across town. There's, we, I don't know where the little silver buttons that go into where the, um, how was the, I forget, they had a real name. Um, but they're, uh, where the buttons go. We talked about that on Carrie's yeah. episode too. Oh, yeah. They don't know where they're like, Oh, I didn't get those. We're like, yeah, you did, buddy. No one ever said, yeah, yeah, they're there. Um, like that happens a lot. Little conversations overall. And honestly, I think bathroom breaks really throw us off because one, we don't get them that often. Two, it, like if person A goes and then they come back and then person B can go because there's only one restroom where we're getting ready. Like that adds up so fast and it seems like nothing. And obviously it's important. I, like I don't want to walk you a quarter mile away from where we're at where there isn't a restroom and then have you need it. But 
you gotta let's do some bladder control or something. Let's let's work this out. Let's figure it out ahead of time. Be ready. If you stay ready, you don't drink some get electrolyte ready. water yeah. that morning. It's liquid IV. Look, if you're getting married, have liquid IV ready. It's it's a lifesaver for all of us. I drink it all day long. And I will actually add a fourth one to this. I'm surprised you actually didn't say it. And that is hair and makeup being done on time. Start as yeah. early as you need to, even if it's not just for photography reasons, but just so that the bride, the bridesmaids can have just a minute to breathe yeah. and they don't have to jump from one thing into the next thing. They're not freaking out. That's a good point. Um, and maybe they can eat some brunch and just enjoy themselves for a minute. Yeah. And you, here's the, in the, the truth is we don't need a lot of shots of bridal party getting ready. It's just the couple. So if I've got a bride, I need to get some basic stuff of things being done. I need the mascara shot. I need the lip shot. Like I need those, but I don't need a ton of it. And so if we work together on it, that's great. But yeah, you can let the the bridesmaids and things kind of calm down. A lot of times they're the ones that make it a little bit about them too. So if we can get them off on their own a little bit to work on stuff, that would be fine. Perfect. Well, Wes, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I hope that you as a couple, as a mother of the bride, mother of the groom, have learned a little bit more about why you need a photographer as long as you need a photographer on the wedding day. Um, I do think people are always surprised by that. Um, but time, it just, it adds up and Fast. everything takes time. Uh, Wes, if somebody is interested in finding you on social media and the internet to look at your photos, how can they find you? So wedding specific, westbrownweddings.com would be the way to go. W-E-S, just the one S. And then uh, general photography, just westbrownphotography.com. And on all social medias, I should be I am Wes Brown. No spaces. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me. It was great being here seeing you. For more information about Simply Love Studio or to schedule your wedding consultation, go to simplylovestudio.com.